Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 30 of Ronnie's Reflections. This is a place, this is a time, this is a thing that I do on a weekly basis, at least for 30 weeks or so, where I look back on my week, provide a little reflection for myself, and talk about all the stuff that I did. It is currently Sunday, May 29th at 7.14 a.m. in the morning. It's going to be a beautiful day in Kansas, a little warm, maybe 86 degrees, Beckett is sleeping soundly right on the other side of that wall. Usually get him up around 8 a.m., so we'll try and move through this stuff pretty quick. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. It was a pretty awesome week, I must say. Hashtag blessed. Episode 30, listener feedback. Let's talk about uh, the question of the week last week, which was, what has been one of my favorite moments in life? I asked you that. You guys responded. Dr. Green said, I know exactly the single moment, which is my favorite in my life. The day I finished my last uni exam. I've always been very academic, but I think I was out of steam by the time I started my degree. Really should have taken a gap year. By the time of my final exam, I had done 16 years straight of dedicating myself to my studies, the final three years being almost all that I did. And I was very glad when it was finally over. The relief was realizing that I could try something new and unique, although that didn't really happen since I went straight into becoming an educator. I guess old habits die hard. Same thing happened to me, man. <laughs> I went to college thinking I was going to be a broadcast journalist. I was going to be like the next, um, I don't know, insert famous broadcaster name here, Troy Aikman. <laughs> I was going to be the next Troy Aikman. And um, I don't know. I switched my degree, and I always enjoyed going to school, learning things, being around that environment. The uh, appeal of having summers off sounded pretty good. It seemed like it was pretty conducive to family kinds of things, you know, being home in the evening and, and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, old habits die hard. Education, it's it's fun. But I also can relate to uh, finishing up that exam and being like, oh, the wave of like accomplishment and happiness of just being done with, with that big process. Because it it's a big process and lots of people do it. But whenever you get to the end of that, it just feels really good. So thanks for that, Dr. Green. Appreciate it. Kelly said, one of my favorite memories will forever be the time I was able to spend with my papa, eating pecans, sitting on the porch swinging, and turning the kitchen table into a slide while making popcorn. I really miss that man. He sounds like a good one. I, uh, I wish I would have had the opportunity to meet him. I make pecans all the time. They're basically my second favorite food. I try and get Kelly to eat them. She won't eat them anymore because she associates that memory with her papa. And... Uh, food is a very strong connector, and obviously she had a really strong connection to him. Sounded like an awesome man. Sorry that I didn't get to meet him. Last but not least, this is a fellow that I haven't heard from for a while. I wasn't sure if he was still uh, watching stuff on the channel or not, but it's my friend Michael A. He said, not related to the question, but I agree with you that you need to get Beckett out more and make him do more things. I look forward to hearing the next update. However, I think while they may not seem big to you or memorable, I think he will always remember the times he had with his dad. The chasing, playing with Legos, tickle fights, etc. They will stick with him as good memories of him and his dad. You're a great dad and are doing a great job. Now, to answer the question, my favorite moment in my life is the day I said I do to my husband on our wedding day heart. Congratulations, Michael A. Uh, it's awesome that you found somebody that you enjoy that you can uh spend your life with and have a life with that's that's fantastic and as he said i need to get beckett out in the world and do some more things and we did this week hooray we went somewhere we did something but that'll be at the end of the show so thank you guys for responding to the 
question of the week. I'm always paranoid. It's like I hit the record button. Yes, the levels are going. It seems good because one time I recorded this thing in its entirety, 50 minute episode only to find that my microphone was muted the whole time. And uh, I went back and I re-recorded it. It was painful, but I never want to do that again. But anywho, question of the week this week. Um, last week we covered a question that was uh, that encouraged self-reflection. So this week we're doing a question that is fun and light. So I've got a fun and light question for you guys this week. Although I feel like it's kind of like deep too. Uh, anyway, it's a good one. What is something kind that someone else has done for you recently? I've got a lot of things that, that come to mind. Um, the first one that is like a running thing that's been occurring pretty much ever since me and Kelly became friends is that I just feel like she's just an amazing cheerleader for me. And um, I put out a video five, usually six days a week. And last week, there was a day that I didn't put out a video. I think it was on a Saturday. And a lot of times I up upload a, a Sold by Ronnie video on Saturday. Um, <laughs> she very promptly messaged me and said, uh, where's my video? I, I can't function. This is weird. I, I'm starting my day. I'm used to logging into YouTube. There being a video and there's not one. What is wrong with you? What is happening? <laughs> so I don't know. I just didn't feel like putting one out. But um, yeah, she looks forward to those every day. She comments on them every day. She knows what's going on in my life. She takes an active interest in all of that. And I appreciate that. I know that it takes a lot of time to watch all that stuff, to be that invested in all of the junk that I put out into the world. But she's just my biggest cheerleader. I know that like no matter what it is that I get into... She's going to be there by my side saying, yes, go for it. If it makes you happy and it doesn't hurt anybody and it's not putting you in the poorhouse, awesome. Go out there and do it. I got her to open up some Pokemon cards this week. I don't know if Richard listens to the podcast or not, but he was he was commenting last week about how we need to get Kelly into Pokemon card collecting. She came over one day and I was like, why don't you come on into the Pokemon room? This is the Pokemon room now. And uh, I gave her a couple packs. She opened them up. I think she tolerated it. She didn't pull anything uh, like humongous. I was hoping that she'd pull like a big a big card and she'd get uh, all excited about it. But I mean, that's a that's a perfect example. She has zero interest in Pokemon cards. But because I asked her and because I have an interest in it, she goes for it. And I think that everybody needs somebody like that in their life. She's my biggest cheerleader. I appreciate her to no end. It's awesome. It's very awesome. The other thing that somebody, uh, the other thing that somebody did this past week that was kind for me, words are hard this early in the morning. Uh, my mom hooked me up with like seven or eight Vera Bradley purses. I gave her one that I found on a recent thrift adventure, and she had like seven or eight that she just doesn't use anymore. She was like, "Here you go, have these. You can sell these." And I was like, "All right, thank you very much. I will." I will certainly sell those. So I appreciated that. Thank you, Mommy. Um, I have not listed any of them yet. I took pictures of one of them this morning. I'm worried a little bit about how to package them because just the purse itself weighs 12 ounces, and if it gets over 16 ounces, it's not going to qualify for first class. But also, it's kind of a premium product, and I feel like it doesn't need to go in a shipping bag, which is normally what I would do for uh, like clothing items. I feel like it needs to go in a box. So 
I don't know why I just shared all of that on this podcast, but those are things that are going through my head as far as Vera Bradley purses. Thank you, Mommy. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, the parents, the grandparents came up for a visit this weekend. Uh, well, not weekend. I guess they came up on Thursday, Friday, left Saturday morning. Appreciate them taking the time to come up. They're on summer vacation, and uh, it was a great visit. So, yeah, I've, I've got a lot of good people in my life. Kindness abounds. Uh, how about you guys? What's something recently that somebody has done for you that you would consider kind? Leave that in the comments below, if you if you would, ever so politely. <laughs> the rambling is strong this morning. All right, uh, transitions. Stuff I watched this week. I was thinking that this section was going to be humongous because I felt like I was just watching a ton of television this week. And maybe I did, but it was it was not a lot of different things. It was like pushing through, finishing things, starting new things. But there's a lot of good things that I watched this week. Uh, first of which, Obi-Wan, the series on Disney+. Plus. They dropped the first two episodes. And as I have said in the past, I'm a little bit soured on Star Wars after episode 8 and 9. It was just hokey, not great. I was a humongous Star Wars fan. Like whenever they announced the sequel trilogy, 7, 8, and 9, I, I couldn't have been any happier, any geekier. Like I was exploding. Seven was good, eight and nine happened, and then I've just kind of soured on all of Star Wars in general since then. We watched Obi-Wan. I sat down there with my mom. We were we were just hanging out. Beckett and Dad were playing and screaming and doing their thing. So we were like, we're going to watch some Obi-Wan. And we did, and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, no spoilers. There was a death in Episode 2 that I didn't really care for. I felt like that character came and went just way too quick because they were really cool. Super cool. And, uh, yeah, they got offed in the second episode, which I guess is a third of the way through the series, so it's got to move at a particular pace, but dang, they were they were a cool character. I was looking forward to more of them, but they're gone. Um, there was a chase scene. Actually, there were two chase scenes with... Um, one of the characters who's a child and it was so badly acted because the people would like speed up to the kid and it would look like they would just be able to grab them and then they would cut to a different shot and the kid would be like 10 steps ahead of them it was it was not great so aside from those two scenes i was really happy with the show i liked all of the characters i liked all of the references being able to, to piece together the sequence of events that happened between episode 3 and episode 4 is cool. I like that. I like being able to fill the gaps in with what happened. I know a lot of people really don't like that because it's never going to live up to whatever they imagined in their minds as far as like what happened and visually how it looks. Um, I know that Star Wars fans have a really high bar for the content in general, but... I was really pleased with it. Um, more Star Wars stuff is is good in my book. You know, like, yeah, it might not be the most fantastic thing that you've ever seen in your life. It's never going to live up to the original trilogy. I think we can, we can all know that. Like, if you go into Star Wars stuff knowing and accepting that and just, and just being okay, like being back in that universe, then we're going to be okay. Like, good stuff is going to happen, like Rogue One. Mediocre stuff is going to happen, like Solo. And then bad stuff is going to happen. I don't really know, like, what's, I guess, eight, eight and nine, bad. Nine, bad. Eight, not bad, but, like, 
not not great, but but still it's Star Wars and we get to be in that universe for a little bit and that's that's a good thing. We need more positivity. That way Disney says, "Oh, people want more of this. We'll continue making more of this." And maybe they will. The other thing I watched this week, I started Station 11. This is off of Greg aka Brickatech's recommendation. Uh, it's an HBO Max series. After the first episode, I was like, this is the show for me. Uh, they couldn't have scripted a more interesting premise. Uh, the tone of it, the acting, all of the stuff that was going on, fantastic. Kind of the, the overarching plot of this is that it's like COVID is happening, but it's a 99% kill rate. So it's a, it's a, it's a population killer. It's a world destroying virus that is getting ready to take over the earth. And you've got these, these people in the before times that are learning about that and dealing with that. But then episode two and three kicks in and tonally for me, at least I thought it was all over the place. There were like, there's all these different time jumps constantly. Fast forward 20 years, rewind four years before. And it's like, it's hard to kind of keep all that stuff straight in the early going. And I'm hoping that, I think this is a 10 episode series, that we get some like really amazing character development and like you get really attached to these characters. And then over time, you know, like it all kind of comes together and you piece things together. And then maybe at the end of it, you're like, well, now I want to go back and watch and see like all these different flashbacks and how that character handled this and why it had ramifications overall at the end of the series. I can't I can't say that that's happening or is going to happen, but that's my hope only three episodes in. Um, yeah, tonally, it's just weird. It's like all over the place because whenever it's in the future, it follows this um, traveling dramatic theater group that just travel around and do drama productions. It's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> Tonally, it's very different from episode one, um, which I guess, I guess that happens, you know, whenever you go through an apocalyptic event, then the tone of everything is going to change. But I'm in on Station Eleven, I'm committed. I will watch the whole thing and uh, we'll report back on my thoughts. The last thing that I watched, I think, I think that there was other things, but I've forgotten what they are and didn't put them on here. The Foundation. I finished The Foundation, which is an Apple TV exclusive. I'm going to give The Foundation a 3 out of 5. It's good. I wouldn't say it's great. I feel like it. Uh, it's too big for its britches for one season of TV. Um, it's a big expanding space opera that goes between so many different worlds, all kinds of different stuff happening. Um, I found myself, my mind wandering quite a bit through the middle part of the season, like episodes four through eight. It was just kind of a, a chug, a churn. It wasn't like I was really excited to go and watch the show each time. Um, but it is visually very good. There is a fantastic bad guy in the show. I really like them, and I like the character development that they showed with that character, um, especially in the latter part of the season. I thought that was really cool. Um, and then kind of the payoff at the end of the season I thought was, was I don't know, it was kind of weird. It was kind of lame. And I, I had kind of gotten into that mode of 
let's just kind of get through this and, you know, scrolling on the phone while the TV show's on in the background. And then all of a sudden I look up and I'm like, oh, so that's what that thing was. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> I guess that's all right. It's okay. It makes sense. Um, but they kind of set it up for a season two and hopefully they, they get to do that. I haven't seen whether or not it's been greenlit. I would say that if you're a fan of sci-fi, then you should check out the foundation. Um, if you if you've watched Star Wars, Star Trek, things of that nature, if you like things that take place in space, um, yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's it's good. I think I ranked it appropriately, three out of five stars. <laughs> and that's everything that I watched this week. The games that I played this week, I played some games. I mean, last week it was only Age of Calamity, but I've got three to talk about this week. Holy cow! <laughs> Uh, so let's start out talking about Age of Calamity. I'm going to give that game a 3 out of 5 stars. It's good. Uh, I did not finish it. I got I got kind of burnt out on it, honestly, because it's just the same thing over and over and over. It puts you into this gigantic battle, hit the B button 6,000 times, kill a bunch of enemies, kill the big bad guys, and rinse and repeat over and over and over again. I love the story development, the world development, getting more of the backstory of what happened before Breath of the Wild picks up. I think that that's great. And I think that I got far enough in the game to where I, I've built all of those bridges and made all of those connections and know exactly what it was that occurred that led to the calamity and everything that happened within Breath of the Wild. So um, I was ready to move on. I mean, I've got a lot of games that I wanted to play. I was really itching to play a Pokemon game, so I just kind of abandoned ship in uh, Chapter 6. And there's seven chapters, but there's multiple parts to each chapter, so I probably had anywhere from two to five hours probably left in the game. But uh, I, I feel like I got my money's worth out of it. Um, it was a good time. I would not probably go back and ever play that game again, but if you're a Zelda fan, I would highly recommend it if you're interested in kind of getting the lore behind uh, Breath of the Wild. So uh, yeah, Pokemon. I did start a new Pokemon game this week, and somehow I made a, an error. <laughs> so whenever they put out a Pokemon game, they put out two versions of it. And uh, the game that I played this week was Pokemon Shining Pearl. I went to figure out which game I was going to play next, and I noticed that I had both Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond, which is the same game, but each one has exclusive Pokemon that you can get. And I think what happened was, um, I know exactly what happened. I purchased a used version of Shining Pearl a couple of weeks back. Got a really good deal on it. I think I only paid $30 for it. And then uh, last week or so, Best Buy put all of the Pokemon games on sale. So I bought a copy of everything that they had on sale. And apparently one of the games that I bought was one that I kind of sort of already had. So I'm going to keep... Uh, Diamond, Brilliant Diamond, sealed. That's going to be an investment now because I've already got the game and I don't want to resell it now. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of interested in in keeping games sealed. Like, I've talked about that before, like getting a copy of Breath of the Wild and keeping that sealed. I don't know if that's a good financial decision or not. I mean, it's it would go up in value eventually. It would be, it would be a longer hold. Um, I don't think that that's probably uh, where I want to put my capital. <laughs> For my investing because my capital is already very much dedicated in other places, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But uh, Shining Pearl is the first, um, I guess you would call it a 2D isometric game where it's very much like Link of the Past. 
Um, you kind of top down looking at the overworld. Um, the characters just kind of walking around, but it's very much like the same Pokemon formula that I'm used to. It's, uh, it's leveling up your character, catching Pokemon, battling gyms, becoming the greatest trainer of all time kind of a thing, uh, which I enjoy. It's, it's, it's mental junk food for me, um, because I love, I love, uh, the atmosphere that the Pokemon world provides and being able to learn more about the characters and finding the Pokemon um, in the wild and then bringing that over to the trading card game. It just kind of all vibes for me. Um, I I love playing it right before I go to sleep. Again, it's just just mental junk food for me because I can kind of turn my brain off, do that for 15, 20 minutes, pick up the Switch, catch a couple Pokemon, do a couple battles, rinse and repeat. It's fun. It's good. Um, It doesn't feel like a chore like it it did kind of in Age of Calamity. the other two Pokemon games that I played at this point, which are Arceus or Arceus, depending upon who you talk to and how they pronounce that word, and Sword and Shield, and those are the two highest-rated uh, Pokemon games for the Switch. And I could see that. I could see how um, I, I probably like Arceus and Sword and Shield more than I will like Shining Pearl. Um, the thing that I'm not crazy about in Shining Pearl is that in order to battle a Pokemon and catch them, you have to walk through tall weeds. And you can't see which Pokemon are in there. So you'll walk through the tall weeds and hope that you're going to stumble upon one that you've not encountered before. But more often than not, it's another, it's like the 6,000th Bidoof that you've encountered. So you you smash him, you battle him, he's dead, and then you go on. Uh, whereas in the 3D games, you can kind of see the Pokemon like bounding around in the world. And you can decide, well, I want to go and attack that thing. Or you can decide, eh, I don't really want to. I'm going to skip that and then move on to the next thing. So I think that uh, uh, I'm going to enjoy Shining Pearl. I think that I will complete Shining Pearl. I'm already three hours into it, enjoying it. Uh, But I don't think I'll like it as much as Sword and Shield and Arceus. The last game that I played, I finally got into it last night. I wanted to to, uh, at least start it uh, because it it just came in yesterday. But I wanted to start it just so I could talk about it on the podcast. (laughs) Hashtag goals. Um, And this is the first actual next-gen game, I think, at least for the PlayStation 5 that I have purchased and played. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, Best Buy put this game on sale for $40. The MSRP on it, $70. I will not pay $70 for a video game. I just just won't. Um, I have a hard enough time paying $60 for a video game. $70 is crazy. Even though, I think back Nintendo 64 games, I think those were 70 And I want to say that I have a memory of buying the NES game Totally Rad for $70 as well in a mall. But I don't know. I, maybe maybe not. But 70 bucks can't do it. Not not with Game Pass. Game Pass has broken my, my buying habits. But um, Rift Apart, it's incredible. Visually, it's incredible. My God. I think I've only played maybe 45 minutes of it. I've played up to the point where it, it's kind of like the tutorial and you get to do battle and you get a really good sense of, of the game and the mechanics of it and how it's all going to work. Um, and then it's like, boom, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, the title screen, right? And then you progress in the game. Um, but man, I, I don't know that I've ever played a more visually appealing game. I mean, there's just stuff going on on the screen everywhere. Everything is moving there's no like token dude in the background just kind of like pixelated in there. 
the world is living and breathing and alive. The gameplay mechanics are super fluid and smooth. Um, you get to shoot, you get to break things, you get to explode robots, you get to level up your character. I've, I don't know that I've ever completed a Ratchet and Clank game. I've played most of them, and I've gotten into them, and I've had the same sense of what I've got for this one, which is it's super fun, it's very fluid, the world is pretty, but then after 8 to 10 hours, I kind of lose interest and then just kind of bop off of it and go to something else. I don't know if that'll happen with this one. Um, it's it's just so pretty. It's so pretty. I'm really looking forward to playing more of it. Um, it's not my typical, I don't know, not my typical video game, I guess. I don't know. It's 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 kind of like Sony's version of Mario almost, but with a little more pizzazz because it's got the shooting and whatnot. So maybe it's like if Mario and Sonic had a baby, but then there's the shooting too, so I don't know where that all fits in. I don't know. It's it's really pretty. It's really fun. I'm gonna continue playing it. Um, the story, I don't, eh, you know, I, I don't know that anybody plays a Ratchet and Clank game for the story, which is weird because that's usually why you would play a PlayStation exclusive game. Like they've usually got just incredible world building, an incredible story to tell. I don't know that they have that really in, in Ratchet and Clank. At least 45 minutes into it, but I'm into it. It's gorgeous. If you can pick it up for 40 bucks, I think it's well worth that. Um, otherwise, maybe uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe eventually it'll come to PlayStation's Game Pass somewhat game. Uh, I'm not even going to call it an equivalent because it's not an equivalent. It's Game Game Pass competitor. We'll go with that. It's Game Pass competitor. But yeah, they're not going to put new games on that service, unfortunately. But I think I will wind up subscribing to that because there are a couple of games that I haven't played, like Death Stranding. I really want to try that out. And uh, the Samurai game. That was, um, yeah, the Samurai game where you go around and, and slash people up. So I think I will wind up picking that up or subscribing to it or whatever. But yeah, that's all the games I played this week. And uh, once again, I'm rambling. So it's time to, time to pause and have a drink of water and uh, do a little cut. Our last section, ladies and gentlemen, other stuff and things. First thing I want to talk about, as usual, there's three things in this section. But the first thing I want to talk about, Pokemon collecting and investing. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I think I talked about this before, but I wanted to kind of rehash it because I did some research this week, and specifically, I did research on holding Pokemon product and what it looked like investing in it in the future. And the conclusion that I came to was is that it's it's you're going to make money if you buy sealed Pokemon product and are able to hold on to it, in a couple of years, it's going to be worth more. Um, it's interesting. It's very interesting because it's different from Lego in that, you know, you buy a Lego set, it's sealed, you keep it on a shelf for two or three years, it retires, and then it goes up in value. No doubt about it. Um, you do have the risk of Lego reprinting it or redoing a set and killing your value, so that's always there. Pokemon card collecting is the same thing. Um, apparently, within the last three years, they've begun the practice of reprinting certain things, and that happened due to the pandemic and the boom in Pokemon cards. And so now that we're on a downhill slide, uh, a lot of investors, Pokemon investors, actually call it a recession. Um, like the boom happened, and now 
the demand just isn't quite there. You could go into any Walmart and pick up Pokemon product, no problem at all, um, which is great for me. That's the exact kind of thing that I want to, to be investing in, right? I want to get in when the market is low, and right now the market is pretty low uh, after that gigantic boom. So, um, but like I was saying, with Lego set, you buy it, it's sealed, you sit on it for a while, somebody could come along and purchase that exact set. Pokemon cards are a little bit different because there's always the beck and call of those cards saying, open me, open me, I could have a thousand dollar chase card in me, open me, you don't want to sell me as a sealed product, do you, Ronnie? So that's that's there. Um, a, a lot of Pokemon investors uh, suggest having your product stored at a location that is not your main domain, your domicile. So I've got mine in my basement. Um, it's on a shelf. All the stuff that I'm investing in, just like I do my Lego sets. I feel like if I can purchase a product and open one, I can save one. I've 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 managed that mindset so far, and that's worked really good. Case in point: this morning, um, I purchased a Sun and Moon Elite Trainer box over the weekend, thinking that I hadn't opened it before, and I was really wanting to buy two because I was like, I want to open one and want to keep one sealed. But then I came home, and I was like, Oh, there's a Sun and Moon Elite Trainer box that I've already opened right there. Great! I will put the other one that I just bought downstairs in the investment log. But I did some research and uh, Steam Siege is a uh, set of cards that they did for Pokemon a couple years back, 2016 to be uh, accurate. So six years ago, they have not reprinted Steam Siege. People um, generally don't have good thoughts about Steam Siege. However, whenever I looked at the Elite Trainer Box prices on eBay, those are going for anywhere from seven to seven hundred to a thousand dollars for an elite trainer box that cost thirty dollars six years ago. That's a better return on investment than any Lego set I've ever seen in my life, ever. Um, six years. So that's very appealing. That that got the gears really turning. So I've been watching a lot of Pokemon investing videos on YouTube this week, finding different people. Um, trying to figure out what is wise to collect and keep sealed, what is not, and I'm enjoying it. It makes me happy. <laughs> Will it make me money? Probably. Will it make me a ton of money? I don't know. The thing that I like about it, though, is that it takes up so much less space than the Lego investments. Um, shipping will be a heck of a lot easier. You know, I, I've got a, uh, well, let me pull it out of the closet here for you. This is the first package that I have ever, I know the audio is not going to be as good, had to store upstairs. This is the Republic Gunship by Lego. Look how big that package is. And people are going to want that in pristine condition, right? It's in pretty good condition right now, but I spent $350 on that. And that gigantic thing is going to have to get packaged and shipped through the mail where uh, sometimes people are not the the nicest to the packages 
And the likelihood of that thing making it to my customer in that condition, how it's in right now, not very good. I could do the best packaging job in the world. Um, and something like that, it's just not going to make it. It's too heavy. So then I'm left with, well, I'm going to have to try and sell it locally. I live in a very rural area. I don't think there's going to be a ton of people that are going to be willing to shell out $700 for a Lego set. I know a lot of people invest in small to mid-size Lego sets, and that's great. I do that as well. Um, but I think, I think that's it. I think that's the last large Lego set that I'm going to be buying for an investment because I just... There's just so many risks involved with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So am I done with Lego? That's kind of the next topic that I wanted to talk about because that that thought has been rattling around in my mind. And if you guys are watching this, you can see right there <laughs> two base plates have been emptied out of minifigures and they are now in that bin. I'm going to be selling all of those on whatnot. And I think what I'm going to do with all of my minifigures that you see behind me uh, is, is auction them off. Other than I think I'm going to keep my Harry Potter stuff, but even that stuff, I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, the sets take up so much space. I like the minifigs. I'm going to, I think I'm going to continue collecting collectible minifigures. Um, so those are still on the wall, like my Mario stuff's right here. And then there's like Looney Tunes and things like that. Like I'll continue doing the collectible minifigure series because they are very collectible, because they have a small footprint, because they bring me joy. I'll continue grabbing those whenever they come out. Uh, but the rest of it, man, I don't know. I've been toying around with that. What do you guys think I should do? I'd love to hear your comments on that. Should I move away from Lego? Should I sell it all? Does it bring me joy? I don't know. Is the Pokemon thing going to be just a short little blip on the radar of, of things Ronnie's interested in? And he needs to maybe pump the brakes a little bit and not go full into Pokemon and still have maybe like a 50-50 split, Lego investing, Pokemon investing. I don't know. I don't know what I should do. I just, I think about the number of sealed sets that I have in the basement. Uh, and even, even just thinking about selling all of those is pretty intimidating. Selling minifigures, no problem. Easy peasy, jump on whatnot. You can unload hundreds of them within a couple of hours. It's very easy. And you'll get the majority of your money or you might even make money if they're, if they're older, more desirable figures, which, which will be the case for a lot of the stuff on my wall. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of Lego sets that are down there and, um, you know, taking pictures, listing them, it all adds up. It takes time. And I mean, it's not going to be any different for Pokemon investing either, you know, taking pictures, listing, but there is, there is the caveat there of, um, like there's a website called TCG player, which is a marketplace for different trading card games, magic, Pokemon, etc. Um, most people on there don't take pictures of their sealed product because it's, there's just an understanding that you're going to describe it as near mint. It's going to be a sealed box. And so you just list it, people buy it, you ship it to them, done. So you don't have that whole take a picture, you know, like thing that you would have with eBay necessarily. 
So if you guys couldn't tell, I'm very confused. <laughs> I've got a lot of thoughts rolling around in my head as to what direction I should go with my investing. And should I push further into it? Or should I maintain my level that I'm at right now? And I think I know that what I what I want to do is to kind of continue the level that I'm at now, which is which is kind of dabbling, buying, you know, maybe one or two of each product and keeping those behind and like continuing to build up my savings and adding more money to the savings with the uh, intended goal of paying off the house, right? I want to pay off the house. I'm 37 right now. I'll be 38 in less than a month, June 22nd. Woohoo, 38, hooray, that much closer to 40, oh my God. Um, and it would be cool to have my house paid off by 40. I don't know if that's realistic. Uh, I'm on track this year to make a, a very hefty payment on the house if everything goes to plan as far as taxes go. I don't know. I don't know how much in taxes I'm gonna I'm gonna owe at the end of the year and all this stuff. So all that money's just kind of going into the savings. It's nice to see that big number, but the government might take a lot of it. I don't know. Hopefully they don't and I can and I can put a bunch of that money towards the house. And then hey, maybe in two, three, five years I'll have the house paid off. And then at that point, then what am I gonna do? Then what am I gonna do? I'm gonna have a thousand dollars of extra capital every month to play with. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's fun. It's fun. I'm having fun right now. I love I love a hobby where you can collect and you can invest. I mean, Lego has been that for me since 2014 when I got into it. And now uh, in 2022 at age 37, almost 38, I am very much into Pokemon card collecting and investing. And it's fun. And it's not hurting anyone. <laughs> Last topic that I want to talk about this week is Beckett, my favorite topic of all of the topics. We went somewhere and we did stuff. Well, the grandparents came, as I said. They came Thursday, Friday, and then left Saturday morning. We hung out here. I cooked them some delicious ribs, smoked queso. Uh, Dad had some Coors Light. Mom had some Coca-Colas. I drank some A&W Diet Root Beer. Fun was had by all. Uh, Saturday, yesterday, the grandparents left kind of early in the day. Uh, I got the house picked up, cleaned up, sheets washed, all that good stuff that you do after you have company. And then in the afternoon, I was like, dead gummit, we're going to go and do something. There's a local festival that's happening. It's called Katie Days. Um, it's in Parsons, Kansas, which is about 15 miles from my house. And it's just like a, a celebration of the town and a way for vendors to kind of have booths. They have inflatables. They've got food. They've got all kinds of other events as well, like a 5K, um, quilt show, pie-eating contests, golf tournament, frisbee golf, just all kinds of stuff. So I was like, all right, dude, do you want to go to this? Eh, not really. I just kind of, I was like, no, you're not doing it to me this time. I'm going to make you go and do stuff, and you're going to love it. I guarantee you're going to love it. And sure enough, he did, and I did as well. So we got in the car. We got to Katie Day's probably around 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and we parked at my the thrift shop that I usually park at um, to go into the thrift shop, and we had to walk probably, I don't know, half a mile to get to the park, the downtown area in the park where this was all held. People everywhere. It was crazy. Um, the weather was really nice, uh, like a high of 80 for the day. So it was just a beautiful, glorious day. 
Uh, first thing Beckett wanted to do was hit the playground, and man, did he hit the playground. He played for probably an hour, got super sweaty, and I had I had this notion, which I had last summer whenever I took him to a, a park in Oklahoma and there was kids everywhere. I really, really, really need to buy him an air tag and a bracelet because I'm so paranoid and afraid of him getting lost in a, a situation like that where there's just kids everywhere. He's really good about not running off. Um, like he'll check back in with me about every five minutes or so. And if he doesn't see me, that, that definitely worries him. Um, so that's good. But I think for my own peace of mind, I need to buy an air tag and a little bracelet that I can put on him whenever we go to stuff like that. That way, in case we do get separated, I can locate the little fart. But we did the playground thing and he didn't want to stop, but I was like, we need to walk around and see what all this other stuff is. Cause they've got so many things that you can do. Um, so we looked at all the booths. He spotted a uh, T-Rex stuffy that he thought he wanted. I was like, hold that thought. We'll come back around. We want to see all the booths. Um, he saw a lollipop. He thought that looked cool. We didn't stop for that. Uh, we went to buy the inflatables. He was like, eh, I don't know if I want to do those or not. So we walked past the inflatables. And then he was like, I want to do the inflatables. So we walked back to the inflatables. He did the uh, the bungee race where they put a, a vest on you. And you run as hard as you can. And you try and slap a beanbag uh, to like this middle section. You're trying to beat the person that you're going against next to you. He couldn't go very far, but he enjoyed it. He had a fun he had a fun time doing that. And then he went into a classic bounce house after that, bounced around for five minutes. And after he did that, he was kind of done with that. And then at that point, we went back to the, uh, the stuffed T-Rex, which I thought they were just selling stuffed animals. Oh, no, no, no. They were selling unstuffed animals that you could stuff. Very much Build-A-Bear, but not Build-A-Bear brand. $27 I paid for a T-Rex that was maybe, I don't know, like three feet by two feet. It was big, but he picked it out. He got to stuff it. He got to choose a little uh, like emo emotion thing that went into it. It said kindness on it. I don't think I don't think he really even noticed what it was. But did that, closed it up, um, and he was he was really happy with that. He loved that thing. Um, he slept with it last night, and he compared it in size to all of his other stuffed animals, which I thought was was pretty funny. His size matters. Then we went back to the playground, and he played for probably another hour. So I think all in total, we, we spent three hours there, and I was getting hangry. I wasn't angry, but I was getting hungry. And I was like, you want to go by Walmart? Check out the Pokemon cards? Get a little something-something? He's like, yeah, let's do that. I got in the car, and I was like, you know what? I'm pretty hungry. Let's just go home. And he's like, yeah, Dad, let's go home. I'm pretty thirsty. I'm pretty hungry. He drank like his whole big thing of water that I had for him in the car. He was so thirsty, so hot and sweaty. I need to start carrying a towel around because he would get done playing and he'd be so sweaty and he'd just like wiping, wiping his head on all my clothes. <laughs> he takes after me. I'm a big time sweater whenever I get hot. But it was super fun. I'm glad that we went out and we did something. Um, like all of these local towns have their own little festival throughout the summer. Last year we did the Water Wars in uh, Humboldt. Well, I'm sure we'll do that one again. I think there's Farm City Days in Iola. And, yeah, so I don't know. It's it's good that I got him out. It made me want to take him to, like, Worlds of Fun and places like that. You know, put him on some rides and see how he handles that. Because he did really, really good. He seems like he, he holds himself better. 
Like he's big enough now that whenever he gets into a situation like the bounce house and somebody knocks him over, that it doesn't just like break his heart. Like he can, he's big enough to where he can bounce right back up um, and and have a really fun time with all that. So it's cool. He's grown up fast. He's going to be six um, July second, and that's that's coming up quick. I'm going to be 38. Where did life go? But uh, it's a beautiful journey we're on, folks. Don't forget. If you would like to, our question of the week, what is something kind someone else has done for you recently? I'd love to hear your comments. Thank you so much for listening to episode 30 of Ronnie's Reflections. I hope that you all have a fantastic week. I'm planning on having a great week. It's the last week for me until work kicks up just a little bit, just a little bit. Some of my workshops got canceled, which is kind of funny. Like we're doing in-person and virtual workshops. And now nobody wants to do in-person workshops because they've gotten a taste of virtual where you can just log in for two hours and then be done. So all my in-person workshops got canceled because nobody signed up for them. So that opens up my schedule a little bit. But Memorial Day tomorrow, probably going to go somewhere and do some thrifting. Goodwill's doing 25% off. Might as well. Got the day off. Uh, Looking forward to it. I hope you have a fantastic holiday. Again, a fantastic week. We'll see you in the next one. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, then. Oh,